A quick announcement before the podcast begins. Don't forget that my three books are now available on Amazon and most online bookstores. 216 and the Secrets of the Universe 2nd Edition is available on Audible, Paperback, or Kindle. It is also translated into Spanish. 216 and the Secrets of the Universe 2nd Edition is a message that myself, the author, Omar Angulo, was guided to deliver by higher beings to humanity through this book. It all began on 216 when my older brother took his life and sent me down an unfathomable rabbit hole over the course of four years. This book can be enjoyed by those that are spiritually curious to those that may consider themselves to be full-blown awakened. My second book, titled My Contact with UFOs, Otherworldly Beings, God, Angels, Demons, and More, is available on Amazon and most online bookstores on paperback. This book is a collection of personal stories and experiences I had with the divine, paranormal, spiritual, and what some may consider to be taboo. My third book, titled My Book of Psalms, The Book of Old Number 3, is available on paperback and is also on Amazon and most online bookstores. This book is a collection of song lyrics written by myself with deep meaning over the course of my life and also a collection of photographs taken by myself or colleagues during not only my musical journey, but journey of life as well. And now, the podcast. Hey, what's good, everybody? Uh, Welcome to episode 18 of In A Good Way Podcast. Um, As you know, right now it's October, so uh, Halloween is coming up. Uh, There's always a time, you know, anybody that's involved with the spiritual already knows it's a time when they say the veil is real thin and all that. And I think I instantly felt it like um, as soon as the fall hit, which I had said too that I was going to start doing the podcast again in the fall. But, you know, I felt like this whole shift. Actually, it was funny because, you know, right at the end of the summer, I I finally got sick after all this... um, time you know since really the whole pandemic started i finally uh ended up getting a little sick but you know i'm happy for it because it feels like i i needed to rest and uh you know i feel pretty great now you know i'm still i'm still kind of recovering but uh, you know for some reason it's like I, i really needed to to just stop and rest and everything um so yeah so with that said um you know, I wanted to start off with this uh, story I've told before. Um, you know, I want to try to, you know, be consistent during October leading up to Halloween. And this is a story I shared before on another spiritual channel and a personal channel I had. But you know what? In the spirit of Halloween and everything, I thought I'd share it again. You know, if you read the title, you could see it says, uh, you know, little ghost girl. Um you know, and this story, you know, I'll go I'll go into different things, right, about about seeing spirits and all that. But um, this story, I think, is the first time that I can actually say I seen, you know, what people call a ghost, right, or a spirit. Um, I don't normally like to call them ghosts. Uh, you know, I rather call them spirits. But this was really the first time that I could remember. You know, there was something that happened once, but it was so weird. Now it makes more sense. I'll talk about it after. But, um, you know, I had seen this thing that I felt like I was awake. But it was like something so weird that that it didn't seem real, right? Like, I, I know I didn't just see that. So it was one of those things that was probably the only other time 
before before that could have been before I seen the little girl, right? So, anyways, um, so the story begins. You know, to get right into it, the story begins. Um, you know, I had just moved into a new house, beginning my high school year, right? I was gonna be a freshman, so during right after I graduated from eighth grade, and then I was gonna start high school. Um, you know, we moved into this new house. And, um, you know, when we moved into this house, you know, there was this room that, um, you know, was all the way, you know, you come in through the living room and then all the way through down the hallway to the end of the house, I mean, to the backside, there was a room, right? And when we first moved in the room, the door locked from the outside, which was already weird, you know? Um, and I guess it ended up being that that was this little girl's room. I don't know if she was in there too with a brother or it was just the little girl. I think after the neighbors ended up telling us that, I don't know if she had like, you know, mental problems, like autistic or, you know, uh, I don't think, you know, something like that, right? Like she had, she had um, some kind of, um, you know, uh, I don't know. I don't, I don't think that's it's called a disease, right, or nothing like that. But you know, she had one of those, like uh, either autism or something, right? And um, that's what, according to the neighbors. But anyways, um, you know, I guess they said. I guess they they were aware of that 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 the little girl. And I don't know if they said they were locker in the room or something. But it was obvious the lock was on the outside, right? So. You know, we started seeing this little girl, but for the most part, from what I could tell, it was really only me and my dad that would see her. You know, out of me, my two brothers, my mom, um, it was really only me and my dad that would see her. You know, I'd be sitting down in the living room and the hallway is like right there and I would see someone just run by, right? Like, or stuff like that. Like I'll be sitting down in the living room, you'll see someone run by, you know, my dad would see her. Um, you know, it was crazy even once, like my dad, um, he was gonna be late for work, you know, he would work early and he would sleep on the couch a lot. And so I guess one day while he was sleeping on the couch, the little girl came into his dream and she was pointing at her like a watch or something. And she was like, in Spanish, she was saying, se te va a ser tarde, se te va a ser tarde, you know? Which means you're gonna be late, you're gonna be late. And my dad woke up and boom, it was time for him to go to work. So, you know, she helped him out, she got him to work on time. And then the crazy thing was, he said about two weeks later, that my mom was putting up these curtains in the living room and that the curtains ended up being the same material as the dress the little girl had on in, in the dream, right? When she woke him up, so it was crazy. So. You know, for the most part, like uh, me and me and him would see her and everything. You know, I would see her more. She never came into my dream. I would see her while I was awake. And then he saw her in the dream and then also while he was awake. Finally, one day this man was building uh, like a porch uh, outside, right? Like when you come out uh, to the backyard, he, he started building a porch, right? And one day he was over there like in the backyard. And I guess we came out. Like me and my dad, uh, we came out. I think sometimes we would let him be there and we just locked the house and we'd get home, whatever. And we, we got home and so we saw that he was working on the porch. So we went out, I think, to talk to him. And he said, oh, where's the little girl? Like she was just waving to me. Like, But at the time, my brother was dating this girl that had a daughter. So he thought it was her, you know, because sometimes they'd be there, 
you know, my nephew, uh, uh, my brother's girlfriend's daughter. So he thought it was her that she was waving hi to him and he waved back and everything. And then my dad was like, don't tell him, you know, don't tell him that, that, uh, about the ghost because <laughs> you're not going to want to finish the porch, you know? So it was pretty crazy. And, um, what sucked was after, you know, at that time, uh, you know, within years, you know, she was there for years, right? Uh, after I think maybe, you know, this was, I moved in, you know, my freshman year, probably by the time I was a junior, senior, uh, in high school, I think I started getting more around like the listening to Christianity, right? Cause already spiritual things were happening in me. I started reading the Bible, everything. And there was this preacher that I would listen to that, you know, I really liked him. I think he's been one of the few preachers that I actually liked. He would just sit and read the Bible. He didn't have the whole show, the theatrics, nothing. It was just like, bam, he would read it. Like he's one of the ones that taught me even how important words are, right? How words have changed throughout time. And every time they would make translations and change the words, how you would lose the meaning of, of, of the original. Now, he's the first one that I ever heard when, you know, he talked about how this whole Garden of Eden, how it was never even an apple. It was like a fig tree and all this and that. And then it, it made sense because later on, I think Jesus talked about the fig tree in a parable. And so everything, like, it would connect the dots better, right? So... Once I was watching him and, and I guess people would write and ask him questions and he talked about how like driving out spirits, you you know, this little ritual that you would do, you know, so he actually talked about that. Like someone asked him a question, how do you like make spirits leave your house? And so he said that. So I did it. Right. And so that night when I did that little ritual, I guess. I must have driven out the little girl, right? Because after that, I never seen her. But it was crazy because that night after I did the ritual, I had an out-of-body experience. And I remember walking through the house. And it was crazy because I think, and I don't know who was in the living room. And like my room was all the way in the back. You know, I was actually staying in the room where, you know, where the little girl supposedly used to stay. I don't know, that, that made me more sad. Maybe not because my dad would see her too, right? But, but, uh, it was crazy, you know, they were having a conversation. There's no way I would have been able to hear them. So after that's how I knew I had a, had a body experience because I was walking through the house and I seen this little like brown boy. Like it's like when I was having my out of body experience, um, I could see through the curtains, I could see through the walls. So there was a little boy outside the house that couldn't come in and he was looking at me like, like, why'd you kick us out? Like what? Like it was sad. I actually felt bad when I woke up. I was like, oh wow. Like, I, he wouldn't even come out. He was just here, I guess, but you wouldn't be able to see him. He would never come out, just the little girl. So I guess I had dro driven him out too when I did that whole little ritual. And I felt bad, you know, because he was stuck outside the house looking like, hey, wh like what what I do or what we do or whatever. And then I remember hearing my family, they were talking in the living room. And when I woke up, after I woke up, like right after I saw all that, I guess it was like a little nap or something. And I went and I was like, hey, were you guys just talking about this? And they were like, yeah. But I knew there's no way I could have made it out. It would have been like mumbled or something. There's no way I would have been able to clearly hear what they were saying all the way in the living room, you know, on the kitchen table. And I was, you know, I was all the way in the back room. So it would have been, you know, impossible to hear, uh, you know, to hear everything that they said. So that's how I knew the experience was real, right?
that that I really, you know, I saw the kid and all this stuff. But after that, the girl never appeared, right? I never seen her again after I did that little ritual thing. So I've always felt that, you know, I drove her out. But that was, you know, my experience. Um, you know, and well, also, you know, if you guys have had any experience, make sure let me know in the comment section and all that. Um, but um, a crazy thing about this that I'll get into real quick that I haven't talked about before because this happened a few months ago. So, you know, I always wanted to know where I got this gift from, right? Why I started seeing spirits, like, well, did I get it from my mom? Did I get it from my dad? Once, you know, you start, you know, not everybody, but for me, yeah, I definitely went on a whole quest, which has been through all my whole life, right? Wanting to know exactly, like I barely found out stuff about, I think during the whole pandemic, I spoke to Annette, which is the first person that told me without a doubt that my grandma had gifts right that my grandma would have premonitions she would know things um you know and she noticed even my aunt the one that was telling me this uh had the gifts as well so it was crazy like because no one ever told me that you know my my mom with her it was seven sisters and one uncle and uh, none of them ever said anything about the spiritual stuff Barely, you know, like last year, the year before, you know, I don't know if it was in 2020, 2021, my aunt finally, we were talking on the phone and she told me all that. She opened up about how my grandma had the gifts and everything. But also on my dad's side, you know, because like I said, only me and him were able to see this little girl, like not even my mom saw her, right? And so, um, so, you know, it was crazy because because throughout my whole life and i think this is a challenge right i i don't know how it is you guys can let me know in the comment section how it is for other spiritual people but for me the most opposition always came from like your own household right like my house like my dad was always like the number one doubter right like the one the biggest skeptic when it came to spiritual stuff even though he would experience stuff it's it always blew my mind that when i would share things it would be like like, or he'll always show me shows that, oh, well, look, they, um, you know, they were able to show that there was a logical explanation or this and that, you know? So it was always very frustrating, right, in that sense. And uh, even though, like, it just didn't make sense. It's like, think about it. Someone actually experiencing things time and time again, but then they'd be like, wow, uh, like, it just didn't make sense, right? So it was very frustrating for me throughout my whole life right from all the way from when i was you know in high school when things started happening all the way till now so finally a few months ago we had this talk i don't know what how it came up but it was kind of like i finally was calm enough you know so i i take i take responsibility that i was calm enough to be like you know what because i've shared the story before how when i i finally asked a question you know if I I don't know if I've shared it on one of the podcast episodes. If not, I could share it real quick. Um, might as well since I got into it. So when we were talking, you know, I think I even told him that day. I was like, look, it, for me when it happened, it was like, I remember I went into my room. I turned off the light. I, you know, I didn't say it out loud. I thought it in my head. Because even then, right, I like I said, I was around like the Christian stuff. So... I think someone must have said that demons and stuff could hear you, but they can't read your mind. Only God could or this and that. So I remember I prayed and I asked a very specific question. 
And the next day I had just started this new job. It was like this warehouse work, like we would carry out emotive parts. So, you know, we'd be pulling order 14 hour days, all this and that, you know, it's just like, you know, manual labor, right? Lifting big old brake disc and all this stuff. And, you know, engine parts, I think all that stuff, right? So anyways, um, you know, I went to work and this guy that didn't even know me, he comes to me and he's like, hey, I don't want you to get all weirded out, but you know, I had this dream and I think it was for you. And I got all excited. I was like, yeah, yeah. And he gave me the exact answer to the question I had asked. And I had said that, like, if you answer this, I'll never doubt, I'll never nothing. And I never did after that, right? So that was the thing for me. I asked a very specific question. It was, and they made sure, right? Like they brought me the answer through this guy that didn't even know me. I just like, hey, what's up from, from work? He ended up being like this ex, you know, I don't know if he was a gang member, but he had been in prison for like, I don't know, like eight years or something like that. Um, he almost had a shootout with the police. And then he said that that's when something spoke to him and then he didn't, and then he ended up going to prison. That's when he got all spiritual or became a hardcore Christian or this and that. So, you know, it was crazy. Like they brought me someone like that. Cause at that time, that's when I was around, like I was still like in the streets and this and that. Um, you know, I was always responsible. I would always work, but I'd always be in the streets too and stuff like that. So, um, you know, they had to bring me someone like that, that I, I would have respect for at that time in my life. And, um, you know, that showed me, right. Cause he changed too. See, it was someone that lived that way and then they changed. And I think I was in the middle. I was still struggling. Like, you know, you'll change and then you get pulled back in and then you change and all that stuff. Right. So they had to show me someone that had been through that and, um, they brought me the answer, right? So it meant more. It wasn't just me. I'm not crazy. I didn't imagine it. Like this guy brought me this this message. So after that, I never doubted. Never, never. Like to this day, right? And this was like early 20s, right? So I asked my dad. I know this is going all along, but you know, I might as well since I got into that story. Um, so I asked him because he, you know, he still never believed, right? So he felt that he hadn't been shown proof enough to believe like in all his life, you know, he's 70 something now. So in all his life, he had never been shown enough proof to believe. So well, I asked him, I was like, well, what, what would it take? Like, did you ever ask like, Hey, did you ever stop and ask? I asked him that like, did you ever stop and say, Hey, if you at least show me this, I'll never doubt. And he said, no. I never actually asked that. And I said, well, what's the minimum thing that they could show you that then you would never doubt again? And he said, nothing. He's like, I'm not really interested in that. And I said, what then? Man, you would have saved me a headache. Like, so you don't even care then. So you're never going to be shown. So why? And that goes to like people that are skeptics, right? Like, they're so busy looking, like they never really stop to say, okay, if you show me this, but you know, to be a person of your word, that's the thing is like me, it's funny because ah, I don't want to keep going into other stories, but, but that's just kind of the person I am, right? Like, like for example, when I started doing that, the acting stuff, right? It changed my life. It changed my life. And, uh, the way it happened was there was this guy recording at the studio. And I was, I had a session and I was about to get my session. And then this guy was like, Hey man, like, 
is there any way, you know, I could just 30 minutes, I just have to do this drop for a radio station. Um, you know, just let me do this real quick. I was like, yeah, you know what? Sure, go ahead. But in my head, I was like, oh, because I had seen that guy. He had came out on Sons of Anarchy. He had came out on this other movie. So I had seen him on TV. So I was like, all right, cool. I'm doing this guy a favor. So sure enough, when he comes out, I felt no, like, restraints about asking him, like, a question. I was like, well, I just did this dude a, a favor. Like, you know, because even with music, it was hardcore. Like, there were times when, you know, there were even artists that had some kind of recognition and I had a session in the studio and they'd even be like, hey, do you mind if I hang around? And I'll be like, yeah, I mind. And they'll be like, oh, oh, it's cool. Okay, like I would kick people out. I didn't care like who you were. I didn't care if you had fame or when it came to the studio, I was always very like, hey, this is my time, this is my slot. I even, the producer learned that. Like, I think one of the first times he had someone there and he let him be there. And then I told him, hey man, like, I don't like that. Like, oh man, I didn't know, sorry. Um, you know, and at that time I kind of didn't say nothing, but then after that it bothered me so much. Like at first I was like, ah, I'm supposed to be used to rapping in front of people, this and that, but it wasn't that. It was just like, I didn't want him to be distracted. I didn't want nobody there that didn't need to be there. So after that I let him know, I was like, hey, I don't like that ever. Like, like I don't want anybody here. Like, you know, it's business, right? Like, I'm paying for the hour, whatever, studio time. Get this person out of here, right? Okay, so all that to say, so I let this guy do his little radio drop, you know, 30 minutes, maybe less. It took him, like I said, I had seen him on movies, Sons of Anarchy, all that. So when he came out, I was like, hey, man, how'd you get into the acting? You know, I was like, you know, if you don't mind. He's like, nah, nah. So he showed me the first casting agency he did. And um, he's like, yeah, just go through them, blah, blah. So then I ran into him again in the studio, like, I don't know, maybe a month later, maybe less, maybe more. But I told him, hey, man, thanks. I just want to say thank you. I went, I registered, all this stuff. And he was like, what? You're like, man, I've told probably like 100 people and you're the only person I told you one time and you went and did it. And then he's all, check it out. He's all, do this too, and boom, boom, boom. And he, he put me up on game with more stuff, another place to go register, this and that. So. You know, he was blown away. And every time I would see him, he would remind me that after, you know, we were auditioning for similar roles, for the same role or whatever, um, you know, so I just kept moving up, right? Like, but he was always, he would bring that up. How, man, I told you one time and you did it. And then later I went through that where people would ask me over and over 10 times, 20 times, like, and it would get annoying. And I knew what he meant, why he had, he was so surprised that all he had to do was tell me one time. I went and did it and then he put me up on more game, right? So I say all that to say, um, you know, even with the spiritual, that's how it's been. Like when they would tell me things, like they'll tell me and I'll listen. Not always, right? Like, cause the spiritual stuff, imagine people have a hard enough time listening in the physical sense. So imagine the spiritual where you can't see stuff. It's all faith and this and that, um, you know, and I would, I would still listen, I would listen, right? And so, that's how it was when I had this conversation, um, you know, with my dad and everything. And he told me like, he never really asked. He wasn't really, there was nothing like they could show him anyways. So then why did we just spend 30 years or whatever, you know, arguing about this stuff, you know? Like why had we gone through all that? You know, I never stopped. I took responsibility too, cause I never actually, was in a calm enough space to be like, 
well, what would it take? You know, what what's the problem? Like, why, you know, to actually ask somebody, well, why are you so doubtful? What, what, like, I don't know if it's deeper, you know, or it's, but it didn't need to be deep. I didn't need to find out like, oh, well, there's this trauma or nothing. It was more like, uh, well, you don't care. Like, if someone doesn't care, well, then why would someone show them? You know, for me, it was like, like, uh, like you know, I don't know. Seek and thee shall find. I don't know. If that's from the Bible. I've just heard it. Maybe some philosopher said that, right? But it's like if you're not looking for it, why would it show itself to you? Who are you? Like I know everybody wants to feel like, oh, I'm this special person, which we all are, right? We all are. We all have our our thing. We all are. But in the sense of like, you know, like. Why does something, you know, just think about like how many people are alive, how many people pass away every day, you know, all these things that happen, how many people, some get accomplished goals, some don't, we don't know who's the one that really chooses everything, you know, that's why even, even when I, I started making this podcast, I knew that there were things I wanted to talk about that I didn't want to let time pass, look at like right now, Coolio passed away, right, like this is someone... And he had just started like making videos on Instagram, I think, right? Or, or that's what I saw people were posting. Like, it's like everyone always feels it when their time is coming or something. Like like DMX, right? He had started posting videos just like Coolio now. And then they go, and but, but you know, I feel like they live their life, right? Like DMX really did fulfill his life's purpose. You know, it would have been beautiful if he would have stayed around longer. You know, he was always an inspiration. Coolio too, you know, he... You know, I hadn't really heard from him, in, like his music in a long time, but he definitely had an impact on me when I was growing up. So, so you know, even his passing is like, you know, just a reminder. Like, it's always a reminder, like, hey, you know, life is fleeting, like, um, you know, tomorrow's not promised, so just do what you need to do, right? Um, but yeah, all that to say, like, I just tied that in the story because it it's, it's always been crazy to me that, that like, we were the only two that, that would see this little girl but yet it's someone that's always been very doubtful about the spiritual stuff, uh, which was always very confusing to me, you know? And you'll find that, right, in life. So I'll just end it with that, right? Like how you'll find it, sometimes it's the people closest to you that'll put doubt. I think it's all part of the plan. I think, you know, now the more I've learned, you know, now that I've seen different things where it's kind of like, you know, we're the ones that decide before we come here and everything, how it's going to kind of play out. So I think some of us, you know, we decide that to have someone there. Imagine, because that's harder than anything to have someone that either you care about or family members or this and that. Like, not like in a sense, like, but it's almost like if you were in a relationship, it'd be like sleeping with the enemy. Like to be in a relationship with someone, you know, like the book of Job, when they say it's the the wife was tying, oh, why don't you just curse God and die already? Like that, like imagine, there's nothing worse than, you know, having the person there that you would think would have your back the most, being the most doubtful. So it's kind of like that, right? Like when you have family members that, you know, that that's the most troubling thing, right? Or when you're trying to accomplish something, you know, but especially with the spiritual, like, um, you know, I could keep going on. You know, I've, I've met people like that, 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 that I've been able to talk to and they broke down crying because, 
you know, they didn't have people around them that, that would support them in their spiritual walk, you know, that would act like they were crazy or look at them like they're crazy and tell, well, tell them literally, like, ah, you're crazy, you with your spiritual stuff and this and that. So, yeah, I just wanted to share that story. I know I went off into something else, uh, you know, <laughs> but, um, you know, I wanted to share that story about the little girl. It was good, everybody. So that was pretty crazy. The camera got too hot. That happened last time. But I guess perfect timing, right, as I was ending it. So I just wanted to say goodbye um, properly uh, or close this down properly. Uh, so thank you all for tuning in. Um, you know, if you like the video, share, subscribe. You know, let me know in the comments if you guys have had similar experiences. And, uh, yeah, thanks for watching. All right, peace. Said, don't worry. No, no, no. I said, don't worry. Maybe we 